0: This week's parsha, Parshat Chukat, begins with Paraduma. Paraduma seems to be a simple parsha um, that discusses how one who is becomes tameh from tumat met, how he becomes tahor, and this involves the slaughtering and burning of a paraduma, mixing it into the water. And then, of course, sprinkling it on the on the on the third day of the of the tumah and on the seventh day of the Tuma, etc. Seems to be a very uh, understandable parsha within itself. In other words, there's many different uh, Tumot that need different types of Tahara processes. Not everyone we understand all the details. And similarly, we have tumat mit, and we have paraduma, which is mitaher the met. Uh, There's two major questions that that need to be discussed when dealing with Paraduma. One of them is the placement of Paraduma in Sefer Bemidbar. As we've discussed previously throughout Sefer Bemidbar, every parasha which seems to be Korbanot related needs a question as to why it belongs in Sefer Bemidbar, not in Sefer Vaikra. And this and Parshat Paraduma is also Tumah Tahara related, which relates to Sefer Vayikra, and also Korban re- related, which again relates to Sefer Vayikra. And therefore, the question needs to be asked what, what is the position of Parshat Paraduma in this particular point within Sefer Bibidbar? Additionally, if we look closely at Parshat Paraduma, we will notice there's something very odd about it. Parashah Paradumah para is in Parak Yutet of Bar, from Pasuk Aleph to Pasuk Afbet. And as we said, what we all know about Paradumah is that Paradumah is the parashah which discusses how one who is Tamaymet becomes pure. In that sense, there's a very, something very odd about the parashah. The idea of Tumat Met is not introduced until Pasuk Yud'Alef. Hanuge'a b'emet nefesh adam b'tameh yamim. One who touches any human person and they'll become Tameh for seven days. And then it describes, and he will take the, the, the water of the paraduman and it will be sprinkled on the third day and the seventh day, etc. And then it goes into all the details of if you t- come in contact in this way or that way, in an ohel, or a direct contact, and what happens to the Kalim in the ohel, all that's discussed from Pasuk Yud Aleph and onwards. Before that, from Pasuk Aleph till Pasuk Yud, we have an independent mitzvah, if you will, of paraduma. The take a, a red... Uh, a, a whole red cow that doesn't have any blemishes and hasn't had a yoke placed upon it. Mm-hmm. He takes from the blood of the paraduma and he sprinkles it. All the parts of the para are burnt, and included with that is an eights eras. A cedar tree, a zov, ushni, tolat, parah, and all these different components are added into the fire. And then it tells us that the kohen who does this has to clean his clothes and, and be tovel in the mikveh, and the person who burns it also has to go to the mikveh and is, is tameh. And then the, all the ashes are gathered, and they become added into the water, and we have mainida this mitzvah parah is a chukat is an internal commandment. An internal commandment for what purpose? So, so the subsequently we're going to read that there's a concept of tumat met and a tumat met, a person who comes in contact with tumat met is, is, is impure for seven days, and in order to become tahor, we sprinkle the 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 mainida the water that's mixed with the, the, the ashes of the paraduma onto him on the third day and the seventh day. But this is not a logical order to write things. One should first describe the tuma that there is tuma met and how to get out of that tumah. When we read about sarat, we read first about how does one become tamet sarat and then how does one become tahor, how does one get out of that process of tumah. A woman bleeds, how does she become Tahar? She counts seven days. Suddenly here the order is different. First we are told about taking up paraduma, sprinkling its blood, burning it. What happens to the people involved in the process? And only subsequently are we introduced to the idea of Tumatmet. This this uh, division of the parasha of Paraduma leads to some interesting conclusions and some interesting ideas. The first takes us back to Parashat Shmot um, in, in Sefer Shmot. Pardon me. In Sefer Shmot, after Kriya Yamsuf, Bnei Yisrael come to Mara. And in Marah, there's a very short Pasuk that says, Sham sam lo Chokumishpat mishpat visham nisahu. In Perak tedvav Pasuk hafei, Vaitaka lo shem, Vayorah, Hashem, Et vayashlech, l'Amayim maimim, Tukwa, maim, Sham sam lo choku mishpat visham nisahu. And Chazal try to discuss which Chokumishpat mishpat were given there. And three things come up. Shabbat, kibud avaim, and paraduma. So Shabbat and Kibbut HaVem, we can understand their relevance uh, even at that point, Prima tantra, but the idea of Shabbat is an idea which according to Chazal existed even in Mitzrayim. And certainly Kibbut HaVem is something that doesn't need much explanation. But Paraduma is out of place. And Chazal indeed attach it to the word Chok. Chok under, is understood in Chazal to be an... Uh, a decree from above that cannot be given an explanation. It's a strange command which we accept from God as a decree, but it's not a logical command as tibud It's logical to demand of someone to respect his parents. Paraduma is a chok. Okay, it's very good that we've tied the word paraduma to the word chok, but there's an incredible question here. If paraduma is indeed for the purpose of Purifying a tamemet. So A, we need to introduce the concept of tumatmet, which doesn't seem to exist at this point yet. More than that, even if we can talk about that there's a concept of tumatmet, where is tumatmet relevant? Tumatmet is only relevant within the mikdash. I can be tamemet and do every mitzvah outside the mikdash. I can go even... Into certain parts of the mikdash. The only place I can't go into is into the azara and further in. And that the Torah tells us in this week's parsha. The problem is going into the mishkan, into the mikdash as a what is this? If, even if at the time of Marah, after Kriya Yamsuf, we can talk about an idea of tumatmet. It's only significance within the Mishkan, within the Mikdash, and there is no Mishkan in Mikdash. So, therefore, there is really no, really no significance to Matmet. And, and as, as a result of that, there's no significance to purifying oneself from Tumatmet. The whole idea of Para Duma functioning as the purifying process as Tumatmet does not have any logic within Sham Samlo Choko Mishpat. Post Kriyat Yamsuf, before the existence of the Mishkan. So, if we now go back to the problem that we started with, as to the writing of Paraduma, first describing the Paraduma and only then describing what it's coming to solve. Apparently, there is a place for Paraduma, irrelevant to the purifying process In other words paraduma the process of paraduma has significance has meaning even if there's no tumatmet We would still do paraduma and that seems to be the implication of the parasha the parasha tells us take a paraduma slaughter it sprinkle the blood Burn it. This is the chok olam to do this process, and this apparently is what, if according to Chazal, B'nai Israel were commanded in Mara to do this process of paraduma. Uh, this idea uh, gets some strength in two different places. The Gemara in Masechet Yoma often is comparing. Paraduma and Yom Kippur, the avodah of Paraduma and the avodah Yom Kippur, and the need to separate the the kohen involved with it to separate for seven days beforehand, both in Yom, the avodah of Yom Kippur and and avodah of Paraduma, this idea that the Paraduma is a process of kapara of atonement irrelevant to Tumatmet. and this gets. We get this idea from the pasuk pasuk Dalad, midama pene ed midama sheva This is a korban. We're taking the blood, we're sprinkling it in the direction of the Beit Hamikdash. It's not because this is part of the how to purify someone. This is a korban, the korban of paraduma, and this idea is stressed in Rashi. Rashi at the end of his commentary on this parasha, he goes back to, uh, after explaining every pasuk by pasuk. He gives an idea based on Chazal that Paraduma is a kapara for Chet Ha'egel. Paradumah is a kapara for Chet Ha'egel. It has nothing to do. It's a korban, and just like we have a korban Chatat that is an atonement, a kapara for uh, uh, transgressing any sort of Shabbat or, or the like. So too, paraduma is a korban that Am Yisrael have to bring as a kapara for chaytaegel. Am Yisrael was involved in Egel, and Am Yisrael needs a specific korban to atone for that chayt. Egel. Of course, this doesn't agree with the idea of paraduma being given at Mara, but the uniting factor between these two ideas is that paraduma is an independent korban, regardless of tumatmet. There's paraduma, which is a korban that we bring. In addition, this korban has a special has a special element to it that we can when we take this korban, the ashes of the korban, and put it in water, we can use this water to sprinkle on someone who's tameid and purify them. But that's not the initial aim of the korban. It's a korban for just kapara, whether it's for chet or it's a kapara for something else that is relevant already post-Kriyayam Suf, before Matan Torah, as Mara would indicate. In any case, it's a Kapara, independent of Tumat met. would like to add an interesting caveat here, and that is the following. Chazal tell us that B'nai Yisrael at Ma'amad Har Sinai, just before they received the Torah, reached the level of Adam HaRishon before he sinned. Now, Adam HaRishon before he sinned indeed wasn't meant to die. And only when he ate from Eitz Hadat, that's when God said, death will come unto mankind. If this is the case, then B'nai Yisrael who reached the, the level of Adam HaRishon were indeed themselves also not meant to to die. And the equivalent of their eating from the Hadat is Cheta Egel. When B'nai Israel sinned at Cheta Egel, once again they brought death back onto mankind. And in this sense we can understand Paradumah in a new light. Paradumah is a kapara for Cheta Egel. And since Cheta Egel brought death back into the world, so therefore Paradumah Helps to purify the person who has become impure by death. Until this point, we've discussed this interesting division within paraduma, which presents paraduma as an independent element before before the idea of tumat met. And we've discussed that paraduma is an independent kapara, whether for cheta egel or for something else. Independent of uh, the its its pr- its importance within the process of purifying tumatmet. What we haven't discussed yet is the question of the placement of parah here within Sefer Bemidbar. Um, in order to do that, we have to go on in, in Parashat Chukat. In Parashat Chukat. The first Pasuk after Parah Parakaf, Parah Pasuk Aleph, Vayavov Yisrael kol Haida midbar Tin, b'chadosh harishon v'yesheva'am b'kadesh v'atamot sham miryam sham. Chazal tells us, Rashi brings Chazal that at this point already, we've quantum leaped 38 years into the future, and this story in Parkaf is already the new generation. The generation of the Midbar that left Mitzrayim died in the Midbar over the next 38 years of complete radio silence. We don't know anything about these 38 years. And now a new generation has arisen. When we look at the Psukim, before we look at the Psukim more, more exactly we should be expecting to see if this is a new generation, we should be expecting a new behavior from this generation. They should be different. This generation is a better generation. The last generation was not able to go into, the, into Eretz Yisrael, and this new generation is ready to go into Eretz Yisrael. And if we pinpoint what we should, we should expect based on what we've read in previous parshiot, the last generation was hung up about Mitzrayim. And the new generation, therefore, should not be hung up about Mitzrayim. And therefore, they are able to go into Mitzrayim. Sorry, they are able to go into Eretz Yisrael. But then when we look at the Pesukim, it's hard to find that. Because... B'nei Yisrael continued to complain, the new generation. And not only do they continue to complain, but they seem to use the same refrain that we're familiar with from before. And there are two stories that highlight this. Perakaf, and Pasuk if we read the first Pasuk already, and we're told that there's a problem of water. They quarreled with Moshe if only we would have died like our brothers did in front of God we should have died out like the last generation at least they're not dying of thirst. we have no water. Villa so they're complaining all right they're complaining maybe there's maybe it's a legitimate complaint there's no water. Why have you brought the congregation of God into this Midbar to die, us and our flock? Why have you taken us out of Mitzrayim to bring us to this bad place? This is not a place of seed and figs and vines, and pomegranates, and there's no water to drink. We look at this and we say, this is the new generation. Where is the improvement? Where, how are these people going to go into Eretz Yisrael? If their fathers complained in this way and they couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael, how will these people go into Eretz Yisrael? And we read further. In Per Kaf Aleph, Pasuk hei, Pasuk dalit, Vayisume hor hahar, derech yamsuf li sbovit eret zedom, <laughs> bat tikzar nefesh ha am badarech. Israel, as a result of the refusal of B'NEI Edom, are forced to make a, a turnaround and go around Eretz Edom in order to head to Eretz Israel. And, and the people become frustrated. VAYIDABER haam, Belohimu vimosheh, Lamaheli <laughs> tunu mimitzaim, Lamud BAMIDBAR Ken LECHEM men maim, benafshenu katsa, balachem a and, and the and the people spoke against God and against Moshe, and they said, Why have you taken us out of Mitzrayim to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we are sick of this disgusting bread, referring to the man. Once again, B'nai are complaining about Mitzrayim. Why did you take us out of Mitzrayim? And they're complaining about the man. These are the same complaints that their parents complained about. Water was complained about the man was complained about, and here they're complaining about the same things in the same way, lama hei It's interesting to note that if we spoke about in Parashat Korach, when we spoke about Parashat Shlach, that the Dor Hamid Bar that was decreed upon them not to go into Eretz Yisrael, they had been given a chance by God to, even though they weren't going to go into Eretz Yisrael, to do something positive by educating their children in the direction of going into Eretz Yisrael. And it's interesting to note that they failed at this mission. B'nai Yisrael were bitter about the decree and they decided not to correct themselves. And therefore, not only did they not educate their children about Eretz Yisrael and loving Eretz Yisrael, they educated them in the contrary. They educated them to tell them about, oh, Lama Ha'ali Tunumim why did you take us out of Egypt? They told them about the good old days in Egypt. And indeed, this education was successful. The new generation is now coming up, and they're saying the same thing. Lama Ha'ali Tunumim So then we return to our question, so how is this generation ready to go into Eretz Yisrael? How could they go into Eretz Yisrael? They, their education has been ruined by their parents, who insisted on holding on to their, their ties to Mitraim and they try to, ha- they try to hand that down to the, their, their children, and their children are speaking like this, Lama Ha'elitunami Mitraim twice in this Parsha, in the new generation. Lama Ha'elitunami Mitraim. Why have you taken us out of Mitzrayim? How can this nation go into Eretz Yisrael? The one thing that seems that we can seemingly point to that is different is that in this new generation we lack positive descriptions of Mitzrayim. When we go back to the earlier parshiot B'halotcha and Korach. We talked about Zaharno Tadagashar Khab Mitraim Khinam. They remember the fish that they ate in Mitraim, the Kishuim, the Avatichim, all the different vegetables. In and Parshat Korach viram described Mitraim as an eretzavat Khalash, al Eritzavat Khalabudvash. Hameat kialitanum erzavatvash. Is it not bad enough that you took us out of an Eritzavat Khalabudvash? The old generation have tangible memories of Mitzrayim. They actually remember Mitzrayim. They're actually going to be bitter about going into Eretz Yisrael. And it comes to a point where God says, "You're right. You can't go into Eretz Yisrael. You're too tied to Mitzrayim, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You cannot go into Eretz Yisrael." While the new generation says, Lama Ha'elitunumi mitraim when we read their complaints closely, we'll see there are no descriptions of Mitraim. There's a dis- clear description of where they are now, and why it's not good, but there's a void, a vacuum, as to where they should be. Lama heli tunumi mitraim in parakaf pasuke la viotanuelamakomaraza to bring us to this bad place. Lomakom zeru te navigethin verimon. This is not a place of seed and figs and grapes and pomegranates. But there's nothing else. There's no description of Mitraim as some some great place. It's true that they say Lama Heli tunumi Mitraim, but they no longer have tangible memories of Mitraim. And similarly in Parakaf Aleph, the complaint is very specifically about the place where they are at. The midbar is no good. Bread, water. It's true. They were brought up by their parents, and their parents taught them the refrain "Lama heli tunumi mitraim and they are parroting their parents' complaints and saying "Lama heli tunumi. But, there's no real backing to this complaint. They don't really want to go back to Mitzrayim, though they say that, because they don't remember Mitzrayim. And if they do remember Mitzrayim, it's been 40 years. It's not tangible anymore. It's not really something to strive for. If the old generation was striving to poison the younger generation with tying them into mitzrayim they only succeeded at face value they taught their children to say lama me mitzrayim but nothing no education can overcome forty years of being disconnected from mitzrayim there is no real emotional connection to mitzrayim anymore forty years have passed and there's nothing tangible about Mitzrayim. There's no reality of Mitzrayim. The only mi- reality that Bnei Israel now know is the Midbar. And in that sense, this generation is prepared to go into Eretz Israel. Because they can not be great. They might be complainers just like their parents. And they might even be complaining in the same words of their parents. But they are different than their parents. Because they are not connected to Mitzrayim no matter what. And there's nothing that their parents could have done in their education to connect them to Mitzrayim because 40 years went past and 40 years will take the memory of Mitzrayim out of anybody. And therefore this generation that has only a void to compare to Eretz Yisrael, this generation can go into Eretz Yisrael without complaining. They will go into Eretz Yisrael and accept Eretz Yisrael they will not go into Eretz Yisrael and be comparing it to Mitzrayim because there is no Mitzrayim, there's only the Midbar. And the Midbar is a void. And this is the difference between the new generation and the old generation. It's the facts on the ground. They might not be bigger tadikim, but they are prepared to go into Eretz Yisrael because they are no longer tied into anything else. They don't know any other reality. And therefore, they can go into Eretz Israel and keep the Torah in Eretz Israel because they have nothing else to compare to. They cannot say, chinam, Whether Chinam means for free or whether it means for free from mitzvot. The only reality they know is the reality of the Midbar. And from this reality, they can go into Eretz Yisrael. From this, we go back to our initial question. We asked, what is Paradumah doing in the middle of Sefer Bemidbar? I think the answer is, is that this is the Torah's subtle way of telling us that the Dor Hamidbar died. There's no pasuk that says, in Sefer Bamidbar at least, Vayamutu kol HaDor Asher Bamidbar. There's no dramatic pasuk to that nature. There's a very subtle hint. There's Tumatmet. Tumatmet means there's death the death of who? the death of the Dora Midbar that for 38 years died in the Midbar and this subtle quiet death not a death of Adat Korach who were swallowed up by the earth or in a war but a subtle slow death over 38 years which is hinted to in Parshat paradumah is telling us that there is no replacement for time the 40 years that B'nai Israel had in the Midbar if nothing else succeeded in disconnecting this new generation from Mitzrayim and allowing them to be open to going into Eretz Yisrael and accepting the life of Torah and Eretz Yisrael which they will be doing when they cross into Eretz Yisrael with the Oshua, Shabbat Shalom